This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, escape room. Solve the puzzle, escape the room, find the clues, or die. I could really go for some ramen right now. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And when I say stuff after Chris says the movie title, that means that Hotlanta's not here. True. <laughs> we have him in a box. We're not sure if he's alive or dead. Yes. Yes, as long as you don't open the box, he's not dead. Yeah, never observe the Hotlanta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you collapse his waveform, <laughs> terrible things happen. Atlanta exists in a quantum state at all times. <laughs> when he got married, it was called a quantum entanglement. <laughs> and this is Escape Room 2019, not to be confused with the other Escape Room movie we watched called Escape Room, I think. And like the two other Escape Room themed movies that came out like between those two movies. Yeah. Like in two years, like four Escape Room movies came out. Because Escape Rooms. And this was a recommendation from Mr. Green, I believe. It is indeed. And uh, the next one will be as well. But we'll get to that after we talk about the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, Chris, how does this movie start? In an escape room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's shocking. And uh, there's a a guy. He just kind of falls into the room from the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's like, player one, press start. (laughs) Thump. (laughs) Like, it's like crashing through a skylight into the escape room. Yeah. And he he sees a puzzle on a wall and goes and it's like, okay, there's numbers. I need four of them. Got to find a code. He activates the uh, kill mechanism. Which is literally just... It's it's the garbage pit from episode four of Star Wars. Yeah, but just from one side. One side, yeah. It's 50% of the garbage pit from Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Minus the weird eye stalk monster. And uh, so the, the wall starts moving towards him. Uh, he's stumbling around through various clues. Uh, finds a book that leads him to... A painting. Yeah, a series of paintings where the the hands are representing the clock face. Blah, blah, blah. He puts the code into the the thing on the wall, and it doesn't open. No, and he just gets squished. He gets smushed. And then we jump back three days earlier. Yep. And we meet up with a timid bookish girl. Yes, uh, who plays a timid, bookish girl on Lost in Space. So they did not ask her to uh, stretch her acting chops any. Hey, you know that thing you already did? Can you do that again? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you're good at this, so can you just do that? Uh, I mean, I hope she doesn't get typecast as that, because that would be kind of annoying. Yeah. But 
But yeah, if you watch Lost in Space, she is the older sister or older daughter. So she's the the doctor, the medical doctor. And uh, she's at college campus where she's taking uh, quantum mechanics class or something, quantum physics. Something, quantum something. Yeah, I don't know. Clearly, I'm not a fucking physicist. Yeah, I yeah, I mean the whole quantum mechanic. I've never tried to understand quantum mechanics. So I, all we know from this movie though, is that if you observe a system, it won't change. Yeah, because yeah. observation is critical. Effect. Yes, observation affects the subject in a quantum science. So if you are, if you're observing it, then the state can't change. Yeah. Cause qu- quantums are like the, those ghosts in Mario. Yeah. The booze, like, the booze. So if you're looking at them, they can't move. They get shy. Yeah. But they're not shy guys. That's something completely different. Yeah. Not to be confused with sniffits. I, or dick dingers. Yeah. And uh, she she wants to make an answer in class, but won't do it on account of she's a timid bookish girl. Yeah. And then, like, the teacher calls her up afterwards, like, uh, when the class ends. He's like, um, I know you know this because you just handed in a fucking paper on it. So why don't you try, like, getting out of your comfort zone and, like, do one thing over break that scares you? Yeah, and I'm like, wait, is that homework? Like, what's what's that have to do with quantum anything? Is he hitting on her? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then we cut to a financial planner slash investment banker man. Yeah, some, some hedge fund asshole. Yeah. And he's going to make some dude like 30% return when everyone else is getting 10% return. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy low, sell high, all that shit. Yeah. Invest in crypto. And then got a sick line on these NFTs, son. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking NFTs. <laughs> Dude, they're not fungible. That's the thing. That's what yeah. most people don't understand is their lack of fungibility. Yeah. Well, also. Just like the fact that it's tied to fucking pictures right now is the stupidest fucking thing. <laughs> but because <laughs> literally you can reprint it's it's fucking snipping tool can recreate all the pictures you want on the Internet. Like owning an NFT of one is fucking pointless. <laughs> yeah, but how else are you going to fucking sell it for mad gains? Right. <laughs> I don't know if you appreciate how not fungible they are. <laughs> uh, they're just tokens. They're not fungible tokens. They're non-fungible. <laughs> Only tokens I care about are the ones I put in the arcade machines at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Come to our child casino palace. <laughs> Enjoy the subpar pizza. You can get beer there now, so that's cool. Oh, nice. I know, because the last time I had to go to a Chuck E. Cheese, I got beer. 
Chris is like, I need a pitcher. Yeah. Of what? Anything alcoholic. Yeah. I don't Yeah, I don't even I'm not even picky. <laughs> is it rubbing alcohol? I don't care. Just what what's your highest ABV? Give me a picture of that. Yeah. I I like going to the theater. Like I went to what uh I went to a theater that had a you could just get pictures of beer. And I was like, I drove here. I'm gonna get a picture of like all day IPA because like that's not gonna fuck me up enough that I can't that, that you know I shouldn't drive after two hours. So because you know if one if this podcast is big for good for one thing it's improving my to- alcohol tolerance. <laughs> that's true. Because what was it? The one time I drank like a whole fucking seven fifty of barley wine and I was still coherent. I don't know how that, but thanks liver. Oh, we were talking about a movie. Oh right, this is this isn't about her borderline alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, well, they probably should be, but not no. directly anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we. I should just. I drink more than I did before the podcast. <laughs> One day more, just like in Les Miserables. Uh, yeah. So yeah, hedge fund manager guy gets a. Tells his um tells his assistant he should fucking watch the Karate Kid because apparently his assistant's never heard of Cobra Kai and then uh or Karate Dads as I like to call it and then uh and then he gets a package that's just got a black cube in it that's supposed to be a thank you gift from one of his customers yeah and then we uh we smash cut over to grocery store kid to a guy who does not fucking know how to use a pricing gun (laughs) fucking christ i mean i worked at a grocery store for many years in high school well not many years uh between high school and college probably about four years and then i worked at a world market cost plus world market for probably on weekends for probably a total of three years after that and pricing guns are not that fucking hard. And that guy could not do, use one to save his fucking life. Well, yeah. But in fairness, he also was probably drunk. True. He was also watching Karate Kid, which I thought was a good transition. Yeah. And he's trying to get put out into the front-facing part of the store so he can make those big grocery store dollars. Yeah. that was. I was like, Seriously, dude, like you're going to make maybe a dollar more an hour tops. Yeah. You'll make maybe $40 more a week. Yeah. Which means you'll make before taxes before taxes, which (laughs) means you'll make maybe $2,000 more a year for taxes. And that's going to let you move out of your mom's house. Yeah, I could move out of my mom's house, but I'm exactly $36 a fucking week short. Yeah. <laughs> oh god damn it yeah and i was like okay dude whatever and then, then but his boss is like nope not gonna happen yeah you're not front of the house material yeah like hotlanta hotlanta is not front of the house material very much so <laughs> i'm trying to imagine hotlanta working as a server <laughs> hey hey what do you want what do you want that's great <laughs> yeah you're just fucking food eat it hope you like it i'm not gonna come back and ask you how you like it i just hope you like it yeah 
It's like, and, it, and he actually, it'd be kind of funny because he'd be back there at the fucking window yelling at the fucking cook staff. <laughs> fucking hurry up. I need this. Uh, so everybody would get their food spit in because he would make all of the cook staff angry. <laughs> well, yeah. Because <laughs> he'd be like, I know your job better than you do, fuckheads. Come on, chuckle monkeys, let's go. Anyway, we're talking about a movie. So, um, everybody gets a mystery box. Yes. Implied to come from their... Professor slash customer slash boss. Yeah. Depending on who you are. You can figure out who each of them is since yeah. I did them in order. And uh, it's a mystery. Escape use this to escape the podcast. Well, I wish I had a box. <laughs> That's one thing we're all lacking, Chris, is boxes. <laughs> True. And uh, when you figure out the box, it, it ejects a card that's got, like, an address and says, you know, come to the escape room, win the escape room, get $10,000. Register at MinosEscapeRooms.com, which I'm sure if we went to, probably wouldn't be anything anymore because the last escape room movie came out, like, a year ago or two. This and seems like, like a job for for Google. It's not like uh, was it the Space Jam website, which just never fucking went away. <laughs> and then they did a new Space Jam movie, so I'm assuming they probably updated it for that. But I never watched the first Space Jam, and I didn't watch the second Space Jam. I was literally about two years too old to watch Space Jam when it came out. I think it's about basketball. It is in cartoons, and I love me. I loved me some Looney Tunes when I was a kid, and I mean, I knew who Michael Jordan was, and I had seen him play a few times on TV. But when Space Jam came out, I didn't fucking care about either of them. Uh, it is literally a press release site for the second movie. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad that that is was never saved anywhere for any reason. Yeah, I hate that. I didn't even have to upset some poor woman in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's why you put websites in your movie and not phone numbers. Yeah, because dumb shits like us will call the phone numbers and then it gets weird. Man, I swear, my hand to God, I thought turkeys had 555 phone numbers. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yes. So then we cut to the outside of the escape room building and grocery boy is smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And then baby vamp Jessica um, comes up to him and is like, hey, is this the uh, escape room? Uh, building is like, yeah, I think so. And she kind of looks at him. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Smoking will kill me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So she, she goes on in. She heads in. Uh, talks to the guard, guard sends her upstairs, thanks her for her service, implying she yep. is a veteran of some sort. Yep. And it, which is weird because she just had a normal driver's license. It wasn't like her driver's license was a military license, a military ID of any kind. Yeah. So obviously he knew more about her than her ID would tell them. And, uh, 
nerd guy ends up in the elevator with her. Oh, yes, uh, Tom Haverford. Yeah, and he's super amped about escape rooms, like, yes, obnoxiously so. Yes. I would have told him to shut his goddamn mouth about three minutes in. <laughs> like, dude, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but shut the fuck up. Yes. If he played a role-playing game, he would be telling you about his character. Yeah. And uh, so they're, uh, they go up, and they're in a waiting room. The lady behind the frosted glass tells them that someone will be out there. We'll be meeting them shortly, so go take a seat. And uh, the hedge fund guy's there. Bookish girl's there. Uh, some dude named Mike is there. Yeah, we'll call him Ron Swanson. That's fair. <laughs> and they're all uh, they're all demonstrating their single personality trait. Yep. Ron Swanson's being that he is fucking annoying, apparently, because he's like, hey, what's your name, redheaded lady? And she's like, Amanda. He's like, wow, what a coincidence. I had a dog named Amanda. She was part husky and had two different colored eyes and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no one fucking can. It's not a fucking coincidence that your dog and someone else have the same name. Like your, your former dog, one of your former dogs. Now, it would be a coincidence if my new dog shared the name with someone I met because his name is Lucifer. That's true. That would be more interest, far more interesting than Amanda. What the hell kind of name is Amanda for a dog anyway? Uh, I mean, my last one was Leia. Leia, so, you know, there's that. Uh, which is weird because the one of the ladies who is on the board at our local pool, like, you know, um, community pool, board her name is leah so did you ever tell her that was your dog's name well she kind of because i was talking about because we were i didn't know her name and i was talking with my wife about leah in front of her and she's like oh i got really confused for a second i was like oh why she's like oh because i'm Leah. i'm like oh yeah i can see how that'd be confusing i was just talking to my dog she's like yeah i figured that out after a few minutes (laughs) i'm like okay good But yeah, so again, if anyone at the pool is named Lucifer, I'll be going to be very concerned. <laughs> I might join. Yeah, really. I mean, like my wife would be like, are you Tom Ellis? If you're Tom Ellis, I'm happy to be at the pool here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here every day. Yep. <laughs> Which I know she might anyway, because she, uh, her, her, her company's based out of South Africa, which means almost everybody she works with is done working by noon our time so she might just I will work at the pool for five hours that's fine <laughs> I've got a lot done here floating in the deep end I'm just working hard earning earn mm-hmm. my keep yep do we have Wi-Fi here can we get Wi-Fi here eh, don't matter everybody's at home anyway yeah but uh yeah so and then uh Smokey shows up yeah He's uh not impressed. And he also gets told, you know, someone will be out shortly. And that's when Tom Haverford is like, oh, yeah, we're waiting for the game keep master. We always like our game keeper or whatever the fuck you, game master because I'm obsessed with role playing games, apparently. And uh, he's like, yeah, he shows up. And he'll tell us the rules and they'll get us started. And Smokey's like, 
well, he's not fucking here right now, so I'm going to go get another cigarette while I can. And Oh, and also Tom Haverford's like, oh, oh it like pulls out his phone in the elevator, and she's like, didn't you have to give up your phone? He's like, oh, yeah, I always carry two, so I can you know, get pictures of the, of the, you know, inside. I could give them one. I keep one. Cause they don't expect you to have two. Yeah. Nobody expects two phones. Yeah. <laughs> I did like how he named off all the escape rooms. He had been to, I don't know. That <laughs> like, was funny. Yeah. Like world war one, world war two. <laughs> yeah. Lock in, lock down, locked up, unlocked, <laughs> relocked, <laughs> reloaded. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and then so Smokey goes to leave and pulls the handle off the door, and there's, like, a fucking stove temperature dial in yeah. its place. And, uh, or of oven, course, oven. uh, yeah. Nerdlinger's like, oh, it's a, it's a clue, the game is on! Yeah, we're already in the escape room! And, and so they're like, he's like, just turn just fucking rip everything apart. Yeah, destroy everything. That seems interesting. And what, Ron Swanson finds a book for Fahrenheit 451 and opens it up and there's like a fucking like screwdriver inside of it? Yeah. And so he's like, well, there's usually not screwdrivers inside books, so I think this is a clue. I think we're gonna have to unscrew something. Fair point. Thank you, Ron Swanson, Master Carpenter. And a bookish girl decides that that's that's the secret to the door. Like, literally, Fahrenheit 451 and an oven dial. Like, hmm, maybe we should set the oven dial to 451 Fahrenheit. Yeah. So they do but all that. All that does though is turn on the heating ceiling. Yeah. You know, because it's a big oven. Yes. And then it starts making hot. Yep. And they're like, hmm, this seems suboptimal. Yeah, at best. Yeah. And then uh, they're looking around for more shit. Um, Is this when baby vamp Jessica has a little bit of a breakdown because she doesn't like the heat? Yeah, she starts having a little freak out. But it's not really a psycho Billy freak out yet. No. And, and then, uh, and then bookish girl lost in space brings her like a glass of water from the water cooler. Yeah. Because, you know, you can cool off a little bit that way. Uh, and let's see. And everybody should, you know, like do things like take off their jackets. And yeah. Oh, bookish girl notices that, uh, Jessica has a, has some scars on the back of her neck and shoulders that look like burn scars. Yeah. Um, grocery kid decides he's going to grab the fire extinguisher to smash out the window to the reception area to see what the fuck the receptionist is all about. Yeah. Cause you just keep saying the same thing. The exact same way, which is almost like it's a recording. Yeah. But the fire extinguisher is, Plastic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's a fucking piece of plastic prop and throws it on the ground. Because yeah. it wasn't his dad. It was a fire extinguisher. <laughs> his dad's not a fire extinguisher. <laughs> He's not part of your system. <laughs> and 
and then uh, someone's like, huh, that seems suspicious. Maybe we should investigate this fire extinguisher more closely. Oh, and it's a uh, well, bookish girls like, yeah, yeah, huh? That seems weird. And so she pulls the pin on the fire extinguisher, but it's actually a little key. Yeah. And, they, and, and they're like, great. Are you going to get us killed now? Because the last time you tried something, you turned on the heat. Yeah. She's like, and that's like, cause I think that's a hedge fund guy is probably, he's the shitty one who would say something like that. Yeah. And hedge then, fund uh, guy. Just, just know if somebody says something shitty, it's hedge fund guy. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, but then I think uh, Ron Swanson's like, Hey, no dude, she found it. She should try it. And then, so she unlocks it and shockingly there is a dummy behind the counter. It's not a real person. What? Yes. I know we're all shocked by this. I was shocked when I saw this. I said, gasp audibly. <laughs> Audible gasp. Uh, and then, yeah. And then that phone that is held up to the head of the mannequin starts ringing and Ron Swanson answers it. And they're told that in order to escape, you should follow all the posted rules. Yeah. Which apparently means mean, there's some more shit around. Yeah, and meanwhile, like every time they do something, like more parts of the room start generating heat. Yeah. Like pillars and I don't know, like whatever else, whatever other parts of structural room there are start to glow. Yeah, the giant holes open up and then forced air bands. Yeah, because it's a convection oven and, room. Yeah. They spared no expense on this oven room. It's not just some radiant heat, like some yeah, kind of convention. fucking sucker. <laughs> it cooks people twice as quickly. <laughs> uh, oh, God. There's probably a shitty Holocaust joke in there that I'm not going to make. It's good. It's good yeah. that's your first instinct. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've been working on myself as a person, Chris. And, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, bookish girl sees a sign that says Dr. Wu-Tang University uh, or Wu-Tang U uh, says that you should always use a coaster. Yeah. So she finds said coaster and gives it a good old-fashioned shove directly into the table, which my first instinct when I use a coaster is generally to push it down as hard as I can. Well, one of my coasters I do because – here, let me show you, Chris. I can do a visual – gag on an audio podcast this will uh, work out TM, becky schmidt uh one of the so it's like a series of wooden uh strips across the uh the coaster but one of them comes off so i always try to push that back down before i put anything on it well so see the wu-tang clan strikes again and uh depressing said coaster causes uh painting to rise slightly yes because there are like six of them six coasters yes and it turns out the trick is you're supposed to use the water to put the water in the glasses which will then produce enough weight to push down the coaster so you can escape yes and the problem is that uh bookish girl gave jessica a glass of water to drink 
so they don't have enough water to create enough weight. If only there were other objects in the room that possessed mass, <laughs> aside from water. <laughs> so, but anyway, like, four of them, like, team up to press down all the coasters, and Investment Baker crawls into the ductwork that is behind the painting, and finds a panel that they could remove with the screwdriver they found in the Fahrenheit 451 book. And so they send in Ron Swanson with the screwdriver and they get that open. And then they're like, well, I guess we all have to go. And so they baby vamp Jessica goes in leaving smoky Tom Haverford and uh, lost in space behind but then she has a psycho billy freak out inside of the ductwork because it's hot and it's confined and it reminds her of a traumatic experience in the military that we don't really know anything about and then lost in space is like i have to go help her can the the two of you handle pushing all three of these buttons they're all six of these buttons they're like no we only have two hands and then she figures out the water trick and then she goes into help Jessica and the rest of the guys start filling up glasses of water, realize they don't have enough water. And Smokey's like, well, I got a flask that's got some liquid in it. So let me dump some of that in there, even though liquor is lower density than water. So filling up the rest of the glass with liquor would not have produced enough weight to push down the coaster. Also, why didn't they just take a sofa and put it on top of six glasses to push down all of the coasters? Because only, only liquids have mass. We all know that Troy. <laughs> it didn't even occur to me about the liquor till just now is that that flask would not have worked because alcohol has a lower density than water. I know this because that's how you measure, that's how you determine the alcohol by volume of beer is you measure the density of the beer before you start fermenting it. And then you measure the density of the beer after it's done fermenting. And the difference tells you how much alcohol is in your beer. Hmm. The more you know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they all get into the ductwork as the fucking gas lit fan comes down and like incinerates everything in the room and they come out of a fireplace and a cabin. Yeah. And we're on to room two. Do, do, do. And, uh, Tom, uh, what's his head? Holland or Haverford. whatever. Haverford. Tom Haverford. Tom Haverford. Dirt. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Oos. I could really go for some snake juice. <laughs> Who couldn't? <laughs> And he's like, hey, guys, don't worry. This is all for fun. Like, they're not going to try to actually kill us. Think of the liability. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they didn't incinerate the room till after we left it. Yeah, and everybody else is kind of like, uh, you're dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like, I probably would have been saying that, too. I was like, holy shit, like, they're going to incinerate a room to make this look real? That's amazing. But, like, there's no way they're going to kill anybody. Like, that's ridiculous. Fair enough. And uh, said that in real life. There's another puzzle because it's escape rooms. Yep. There's a door with two locks. 
and while everyone else is kind of just like debating whether or not their the room was actually going to kill them, investment banker just starts pulling things apart and finds a key and unlocks the first lock. And then the second lock is just one of those ones that's got letters on dials. There's seven dials. And if you set them all at the right letter, it opens. Yep. So he's like, I need a seven letter word. And the clue is you'll go down in history. Yes. Which no one immediately gets. Yeah. Even though it is the most obvious clue ever. Like I didn't even need to count letters. I was just like, Rudolph. The answer is Rudolph because granted Christmas was less than a month ago. So maybe that's just stuck in my head. I don't remember when this movie came out, but if what time of year this movie came out, but I mean, but they're like, what about the last names of American presidents? Like, and then like fucking lost in the space is like, well, there's, like just like lists off all of them like off the top of her head. And they're like, okay, Rain Man. I'm sorry, not they. Investment bankers like, okay, Rain Man. And then I think Tom Havard's like, that's not cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it came out in January for the record. Oh, so fuck that. Like they should totally have been like Rudolph. So and, they get uh, out. Although Smokey does have a flashback to him driving a car while drinking and singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then there are bright lights shining into his car from the outside, implying he was going to have a car accident. Yeah. Probably with, probably with like, a semi, which uh, Ron Swanson uh, said that he drove a truck, and I was like, oh, shit. I'll bet Ron Swanson was driving the truck that hit fucking or that uh fucking smoky ran into while drinking and driving and killed like everybody in his car and i'll bet this that's the connection between these two people and that was not the case but no spoilers spoilers minor spoilers yeah and i thought that was i thought that was a good idea personally uh and so yeah so he's like oh wait a second all of these there's a bunch of deer antlers on the wall and they all have the first initial of the various reindeer, except for Rudolph. And he's like, it's Rudolph. And they're like, okay. And then it opens up. Yep. And then they're in fake outside. Yep. And then like the, the door to the cabin like closes and like bolts behind them. So they are not going back into the cabin. Yep. And it is 30 degrees in the out quote unquote outside and then uh but then they're like oh it's and it's falling which i don't know how the fuck they could tell that when they looked at the thermometer for about half a second yeah and it was like a mercury thermometer not the world's most accurate yeah real-time display of temperature yeah or the change in temperature and uh so now they gotta figure out how to and they're like and then uh tom averford's like this is fucking wild and starts like running across the frozen lake that is at the, that like is at the foot of this cabin for some goddamn reason and hits a, hits a wall that, so apparently like the most of what they can see is a projection like squid game style, but, but yeah, so they're on a frozen lake quote unquote 
and there's some trees and they're surrounded and someone finds a door in the wall that's got like a keyhole. Yeah. So now they're so looking they for a key. And they find like a a wrecked uh like dog sled. Yeah. And there is a compass in it that Lost in Space seems a little interested in. Uh and then there's also a red jacket that investment banker uh seems very shocked to see. Yeah. Uh, but they just. But what else did they? I find Mike finds a fishing pole. Yeah, yeah. Ron Swanson finds a fishing pole in a tree, like you do. Yes, uh, by following the gaze of. Oh, there was a the one of the dog sled dogs was frozen, and it had polychromatic eyes like his dog Amanda, and he follows the the line of sight of the dog, and it it's looking up into the trees and there's a fishing pole up there. Uh, lost in space finds a sign that says true North is a lie. Yeah. And, and then she follows the compass and finds a stuffed polar bear then and not a cake, which confused me. Uh, but, and then she puts her arm into the mouth of the polar bear. And I 100%. I mean, obviously, Oh, we're talking Tom Haverford. So one hundo P um, expected that polar bear mouth to chomp down on her arm, but it does not. Nope. But it's full of delicious magnet. magnets. Yeah. It's full of magnet, not magnets. Oh uh, magnet. yeah. Just one. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a, uh, smoky steps into a hole in the lake and, uh, they take the fishing pole and they drop the, the weighted the weighted line down into it because uh, there's a sinker on the end of it and uh, it goes down quite a ways but hits the bottom and they reel it back up and then sm- and then uh, Lost in Space comes running in with a magnet and saying hey I got a magnet here like oh magnet fishing okay yep. and then they they pull up a metal cube well it's a frame is metal but the cube itself is ice with a key frozen in the center of it. Yeah. And they've been rotating the coat between people, just FYI, so that everyone gets a chance to stay warm for a while. Yeah. And they, uh, old Smokey is smoking, so they want Smokey's lighter. And he's being very standoffish because he's a dick. Yeah. But not a dick, like, like in the way that an investment banker is a dick. Like a dick, like... I'm out of my depth and I don't know what to do. I'm this is a defense mechanism, Dick. Not like yeah. I'm a smarmy asshole. Yeah. I'm better than all of you because I make ten times as much as any of you all well, you do put together. Yeah. Kind of dick. And so uh they're like, give us your lighter. We're gonna use this fucking disposable lighter to melt a fucking foot cube of ice. Yeah, it's a cu- literally a cubic foot of ice. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that that's only going to take a million forevers. <laughs> and uh, he slides, he just kind of tosses it out onto the quote-unquote lake. And then Tom Haverford goes over to it, picks it up, stands there for a second, and then just, like, the ice below him just disappears? Yeah, it explodes and he falls in the lake because, I don't know, tension 
drama yeah, reasons <laughs> movie and then uh and they try to and they can see him like floating underneath the ice in a current and they try to like follow him big but they have no way of saving it like fucking like jessica is about ready to jump into the into the hole with the fishing hole to like go save him and investment bakers like there's a current there even if you got him you couldn't make it back to us you would both die and she's like actually that's a fair point so yeah, fair maybe point. i won't do that yeah yeah so tom haverford is dead yep and and they're all like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, how did, like, you just happened to throw the lighter exactly where the ice was going to explode underneath of him? Like, what, like, what do you know that we don't? And he's like, dude, I literally know nothing. I work at a grocery store. <laughs> yeah, I have an eighth grade education. Leave me alone. <laughs> and, uh, although working at grocery stores, one of the well, pretty good time when I was a was I was a high schooler. It was fun, but uh, I won't say I knew a lot then. Uh, and then uh, and so they're kind of suspicious of him, but they decide that they're going to melt the ice just using the heat from their hands. Seems like a fucking awful idea. Now, see, my thought was that maybe the quote unquote snow was really like salt or something, and he and Haverford had gotten some out of his shoes. And it had like melt through the ice while he was standing there, like it weakened the ice enough while he was standing there for it to collapse underneath of him. So all they needed to do was like cover this cube with the salt snow and melt the ice that way. But that was not the answer. No, the answer was hold on to the ice cube with your hands until it melts a cubic foot of fucking ice. Yeah. <laughs> so seven days later. Yeah. <laughs> They actually managed to do it and they take the uh, key to the door and they unlock the door and nothing happens with the door. But then someone's looking the other direction and there's a door, a different wall that opens up. Yeah. And they head to, uh, well, they have to sprint across the quote unquote frozen lake as bits of it explode as they go by because excitement. Yeah. Because movie, (laughs) <laughs> and then they head to the uh, upside down pool room. Yes. And that does not mean like an empty pool on the ceiling. It means like billiard hall bar only upside down. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. It looks amazing. And <laughs> there's a phone on the ceiling because the floor is the ceiling and it starts to ring and they're like, how are you going to get up there? And then it just falls off the handset and plays like fucking modem sounds. Yeah. And then the jukebox starts playing downtown, you know, like you'd hear at the roller rink when you're supposed to like squat down, when you hear the word down in downtown, Maybe that was just the roller rink I went to. I feel like that was probably a common thing. Uh. I don't know. I mean, I only went to roller rinks like as part of like school field trips, but how'd they fit uh, all seven of you on the bus? <laughs> hey, 
My class was a whopping 54. Thank you very much. Apologies. (laughs) That was the biggest class to ever go through my school at the time. (laughs) Literally. Um, Yeah. And then uh, occasionally the, it would make modem noises again and a section of the floor would just fall away into darkness. Yeah. The nightmare abyss. Yes. Um, and but Ron Swanson looks up at the pool table and notices the eight balls missing. Yeah. And they find a door that's got no handle. And they're like, oh, maybe the eight ball opens up the door. So find the eight ball. Yeah. So they're trying to look around, avoid falling into the abyss. Uh, Jessica finds a keypad locked safe underneath the bar at the top of the room because it's upside down. And she says it needs a four digit code. I have no idea how she knows it needs a four digit code and not any other number, but she says that she does. And uh lost in space looks around and finds like a fucking like slide 15 puzzle on the wall. Fuck that. I just want to jump down the goddamn abyss. (laughs) Great. It's like sliding tile puzzle. Fuck this. I'm out. Yep. (laughs) I loved those as a kid, man. I would, I could solve those super fast as a kid. Those things can go to goddamn hell. (laughs) Only they were like, you know, they were like the three by threes, not like five by fives or anything. Um, and then, uh, so she fixes that and they figure out that the number of tiles of each color tells them the code and they give her the code and it doesn't work and lost in space ends up falling onto a section of the floor and she has a little bit of a flashback to her mom in an airplane upside down and giving her a compass and then she says it's all upside down and then she yells up to jessica to try putting the code in backwards because the picture was all upside down they read it from top to bottom yeah which was bottom to top because it's upside down so and it works and it works and it's the eight ball doorknob But the problem is all the floor between Jessica and the door has now fallen into the abyss. Yeah. So she has to make her way across the hanging pool table from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. It's not going great. And she she tries to ninja warrior herself around, you know, like the, uh, the cliffhanger. Yeah. Respect. Yep. And, And, uh, uh, she loses, uh, the the ball as she's upside down because she has girl pants on and girl pants have shitty pockets. Yes. Hey, she's lucky her pants even had pockets. I mean, that's true. And she, uh, she jumps down on the remaining floor section to get said ball. And she tosses it to an investment banker. And as she does that, the phone fucking does its modem noise again. And as her section of floor is about to fall, she jumps and grabs a hold of the phone. Yeah, 
because that's exactly what phones do. They they can definitely bear a load. Yeah. Well, it does for twenty seconds. Yeah. Then she makes then her she, piece. Yep. And they're like, "You save you like we can say here. Take we're gonna hold out a pool cue to you, and you can grab a hold of the pool cue, and we will pull you up." And she's like, "One, you're a tiny little girl lost in space." I mean, not that she's a girl. I mean, she's college age, but she's a not a big person. Yeah, she weighs like 104. Yeah. And uh, Jessica is a good, like, looks like she's a good five, somewhere between 5'11 and 6'2. I mean, I don't know, somewhere in there. Yeah. And yeah, and so she's like, I like weigh twice what you do, maybe. So no, you're not going to pull me up. <laughs> and just the phone snaps and she falls into the abyss. Yeah. Now, now, did anyone else have the idea of, I don't know, maybe breaking the phone so it didn't make the modem noise that made the floor fall away? I mean, just because you can't hear it doesn't mean it's not going to do it. I I don't know. I feel like it was triggering something with the noise and I would have broken the phone. But that's just me. <laughs> well, you just wouldn't know it was going to happen anymore. Yeah, I would. Yeah, well, either yeah, either I'd have no warning, or it would stop. I don't know, but Fair they enough. make it to the. Everyone else makes it to the door, and they make it to the next room. Yep, and now we're down to investment banker lost in space, Ron Swanson and Smokey. Yes, and, uh, and they enter medical facility one B. Yeah, it says triage on this on one of the doors. And it looks like, you know, a mash unit or something in there. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, the organizer of the game left enough time for exposition. Yes. And they they look around and they realize that each of the each of them recognizes one of the hospital suites. Yeah, it looks it looks like the suite that they were in the hospital in because all of them have been in the hospital uh, and they s- say why um, investment banker had gone out boating with his college roommate and they capsized in cold water and they had one jacket between them and his friend was wearing the red jacket that he recognized earlier and then attacked him while under the effects of hypothermia and he fell into the water and couldn't make it out and drowned. Yeah. And Ron Swanson had been a coal miner and there was a collapse and everybody but him died in the collapse. And he like, you know, had nearly died because he couldn't breathe because, you know, there was rocks on his chest. Um, Smokey had been driving, we knew it. Well, we kind of know what happened to him. Yeah. Um, but everyone else in the car died. Uh, and same thing with well, Lost in Space. We kind of know plane crash. Everybody died. Yeah. But, but apparently she was she was backpacking across Vietnam with her mom. Yeah. And, and there was a plane crash. And I don't know why she was backpacking on a plane. That seems like cheating. But um, yeah, there was a plane crash. And it was all upside down. Uh, and then... They find the records for the, everyone else. You find out that Tom Haverford's family uh, 
died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And that uh, Jessica had survived an IED in Iraq when the rest of her squad did not. Yeah. And uh, at this point, lost in space. Well, there's also a video playing about how uh, Method Man can save you if you test your limits. Yeah. And you have five minutes. Yep. To test your limits. And Lost in Space uh, uses Schrodinger's quantum fucking physics thing from earlier. I think you mean Chekhov's quantum mechanics. Yeah, both. Why not? <laughs> if you put Chekhov and Schrodinger in a box, yeah. they will either, they've both shot and not shot each other. Only if there was a gun introduced in the first act, though. Mm. True. So uh, she decides that, you know, the only way to win is to no longer be observed. So she decides to smash up all the cameras. Yeah. So she just grabs like an IV rack, you know, the the little the little curly cues on the end to hold the IV bags. Yeah. And just for the record, as a guy who's installed those cameras, um, no way that tiny little little girl is smashing those things off with an IV rack. That is not fucking happening. <laughs> I maybe you maybe could knock one of them loose eventually with that thing. <laughs> but in five minutes, you're not taking eight of those things all the way out of the goddamn ceiling. <laughs> now, if you had a nail gun, and yeah, pointed pointed it at the cameras and pulled the trigger. Exactly. <laughs> Reasonable things. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, Ron Swanson finds three, um, x-rays of hands, puts them up on the, uh, the lighted x-ray viewing board thing that you've seen in any medical show ever. And, uh, they put them up there like, huh, I feel like these mean something, but we don't really know what, like, it's like a. It's like a two, a fist, and a, and uh, someone make, making the the two sign, uh, or bunny ears. Someone making a fist, and someone pointing a finger, like their index finger. And I was like, oh, it's just like rock paper scissors. That's what I thought I originally. Okay, good. I thought I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, and then Smokey's like, oh fuck no, and then rotates them and moves them around. I was like, no, that's a, or like, no, these are uh, this is sign language. It's EKG. Like, is there an EKG machine around? They're like, hey, uh, uh, Lost in Space, why don't you have us look for an EKG machine? It's like, no, I'm smashing the patriarchy <laughs> yeah. over here. I'm going to crush everything with this IV rack. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they find an, uh, an EKG machine, and they're like, oh, and they, they just they put it on uh, Smokey because he's like, whatever, I don't care. It might shock me, but that's fine. And the EKG does not shock him to death. Like, I kind of thought it might. But instead, it just says failure. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, and then when they listen to uh, the Dr. Wu-Tang University, uh, it says something about testing your limits. And they're like, oh, we got to get the heart rate higher. Hey, 
fat guy. <laughs> you probably have heart you problems. Like, you look like your heart sucks. Let, let's try you. Your heart looks like it labors constantly. <laughs> yep. And uh, so he's like, um, like, no, take your shirt off. And so they put the EKG on him and his heart rate isn't high enough. So investment bankers like, you know, what will increase your heart rate is these defibrillator paddles. I, you know, it, it probably wouldn't. No, no, it, probably stop your heart. Yeah, it would do the literal opposite of that. Yeah, which it does. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, he hits him and uh, his heart like, freaks out for a second and then stops. And they hit him again with the paddles. And that doesn't work. And oh, but they did. They did notice like there was a canister of like poison with like an air valve on it. That they're like, oh, well, when the time's up, they're gonna poison us all. So maybe we want to hurry up. And then this is and then the oh, test your limits. Maybe the limits not how high you can go, but it's like it's like cardio limbo. Yeah, how low can you go? Try to stop and, your heart. Even though you would think the fact that guy's heart stopped is about as low as you could possibly go, but <laughs> but no, uh, investment maker's like, well, I'm obviously the fittest man here, and uh, puts it on him, and then he kind of like does like slow meditative breathing, and uh, well, between that lowers, and the poison, yeah, and lowers his heart rate enough that he triggers the EKG and a passage opens up. And they're like, hey, uh, uh, Lost in Space, I know you're busy, you know, causing anarchy in the UK and all, but uh, did you want to come with us? And she's like, fuck that. <laughs> she can't talk. Smashing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then she collapses on the floor eventually, apparently overcome by the gas. Yeah. And they move on to the two dudes left, Smokey and investment banker, move on to the next room, which looks like a bunch of a white room with a bunch of black lines all over it. Like almost like someone just took like a fingerprint and blew it up and put it all over the walls. Yeah. And uh, they they square off in there because Smokey is not having a good time. Yeah. Smokey rightfully calls him out for being a goddamn dickhead maniac. And he's like, oh, yeah, like your story made almost no sense because the guy with the jacket shouldn't be the one suffering from hypothermia. Yeah. First of all. So, so I, I think you done did the deed, hucked him in the water and made up the world's stupidest story. Because you wanted to, and he might have had the jacket, but you probably killed him and took the jacket so that you could live. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll choke you. That proves my point. Yeah. How do you refute that? And Smokey's like, fair enough. I mean, because technically choking is not a logical fallacy. That's true. (laughs) 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 Refute this. (laughs) Rebuttal. Choking. Uh, Redirect. Choking noises. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they uh they agree to disagree and try to figure out how to get out of the room and there's literally like one of those like submarine escape hatch like round handles on the floor 
And they're like, really? We just need to like turn the handle and open the door to get out of this room, right? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, that's the only possible answer. Nothing weird has happened when we did the most obvious thing so far. Let's continue on this line. Yeah. So, like, the the Smokey tries to open it by himself, but he can't. So, uh, investment banker helps him out, and they manage to open up the, the hatch. And there's something written on the hatch in, like, fucking giant newspaper letters, but we can't read it. Like, it looks like cut out magazine newspaper letters pasted onto the bottom of the hatch. Uh, we can't really read it from the angle that they're showing it. And then investment makers like, why does it feel like my hands are coated with KY jelly? Yeah. And they got him with the old hallucinogenic salve on the fucking submarine hatch trick. <laughs> yeah. And they're like inside the hatch there's something like, well, you may have opened the hatch. You might want to find the antidote first. Yeah. Only it rhymes and so it's a clever rhyme that I don't remember. Yeah. So they're uh they're both tripping out literally. Yeah, yeah like and uh, cuz investigators like dude your face is melting and Smokey is like what? <laughs> and and this room is fucking like I said it's like these weird like it's white with like these black like non-contiguous lines and swirls and stuff on it like on a good day, this room's gonna fuck with you a little bit, but on like fucking hallucinogens, this room's really gonna fuck with you. Yeah, and it does. It does, and they start stumbling around, all tripped out, trying to find the antidote. And then the floor starts sliding around, like Jamiroquai, like uh, virtual insanity re- style. Y- yep. <laughs> Which I takes also, a minute to figure out that's even happening because at first you're just like, what the fuck is even going on? Like, yeah, because like you can't tell how much you're seeing that from their point of view and how much of it you're seeing from like a non hallucinogenic point of view. <laughs> like it, it does a really good job of making you feel like you're in that room tripping with them. And uh, Smokey literally falls into the antidote. He just like runs into He's a like, wall. Just- He's like pounding on the wall, like, get me the fuck out of here. And then he hits like a secret door drawer that pops open. And there's like an antidote that says inject into muscle. Yeah. And and he's like, aha. And then investment banker jumps him and they struggle. And that everybody's sliding around on the moving floor with the thing and the syringe. And fucking investment banker like breaks Smokey's leg. Uh, but Smokey's like, "Aha! I punched you in the face, and I got the antidote, and I jammed it into my thigh, and I injected myself, and now I'm not high anymore, and you are, and I'm going down the hatch." Yeah, and then uh, we're back to where we started. Yes, he falls through the skylight into the like hunting, like a Victorian hunting or a Victorian explorer society's like club room. <laughs> yeah. And he's going through the thing, you know, with the numbers and the door and don't work and the thing starts moving. And, and he, then he just he uses his he shield. To, he gets all squished and then he, then he slides down into the fireplace because the fireplace is recessed in the wall. Yeah. That is crushing him. And he uses the shield to, like, block the fire that shoots towards the fireplace like you do 
Like, usually fire comes out of fireplaces, in my experience, but... What's an escape room fireplace, so... Yeah, and then he breaks through the fourth wall. He does. And uh, ends up in, like, a roadie's, like, dystopian nightmare. Yeah. Because there's, like, those black those black cases with like the metal edges on them that like every fucking roadie recognizes as carrying uh, music equipment and like soundboards and speakers and whatnot. Yeah. Can can you tell I worked stage crew for concerts one summer? (laughs) And uh, we cut back over to the triage area where the cleanup crew is there and they're, you know, radio and back and forth. Like, yeah, we got two bodies, 20 minute cleanup, blah, blah. And they'd start doing the cleanup. And, uh, it turns out though, that old, uh, lost in space managed to hook an oxygen mask to the network port of the camera system, which made her breathe air. Shut up. (laughs) Well, it gave her access to fresh air, I guess. Sure. I mean, those guys are in full-on goddamn hazmat suits, but... Yeah, that probably worked. Yeah, and uh, and then she's like... They're like, what is, what are, what's she doing with this? And she says, breathing! And then, like, cold cocks him. Yeah. Manages to score a sweet gun in the process. Yep. And then, uh, fucking... The Baron Harkonnen is reveals himself to Smokey as the gamekeeper yeah. master guy, and he's like, "Oh, Smokey's like, oh, did you design all these rooms like around like all of our like histories and shit?" And he's like, "I didn't design the rooms; the puzzle maker did. I'm just the gameskeeper." Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, oh, so did I win a ten thousand dollars then? And he's like, oh no, like we we for betting like people like we bring in like seven six or seven people of that fit some kind of theme like yours was soul survivors which lost in space to figure out earlier but we didn't mention um like all of these people had survived when no one else did and uh so they thought it'd be fun to have like who would be the soul survivor of the soul survivors yeah but they've done like you know athletes and I don't know, like book clubs and I don't like role playing groups. I don't fucking know. LARP. Yeah, just people. a whole bunch they, of stuff. Whatever theme they came up with. And this guy was apparently like the last, like he had the lowest odds. Yeah, he was the, the dark horse. Yes. And he's like, so I went $10,000. He's like, dude, like in the Kentucky Derby, they don't give the horse a prize. And then he tries, and then the gameskeeper tries to like garrot Smokey. Yeah. And that's when a good Which, old Lost in Space shows up. Yep. And she shoots gamekeeper. Yeah. But like, not fatally. Enough for like Smokey to escape his grasp. Yeah. But. And then gamekeeper gets the upper hand on her. And Smokey uh, handles his his business. He uh, he goes full Warren G on him. Yeah, fucking regulates that shit for sure. <laughs> and puts like two in the guy, and then like two more on the guy just to make sure he's dead. 
Yeah, because Lost in Space is like, hey, we should probably make sure. And he's just like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah, no, I'm on it. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> yep, this guy is D-E-D dead. And then they uh, they make their way out of the building, head to the local hospital. Uh, they've notified oh, the authorities. Oh, although Smokey did pull a bone out of his compound fracture and stabbed the gamekeeper with it. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, like... Um, like your bones belong on the inside of your body, not in other people's bodies. Like to quote Spy, like that's been inside of you. I don't think that should go in me. Fair. Yeah, and uh, so he's in the hospital unconscious uh, while uh, the police show up and they ask if uh, if uh, Lost in Space could talk to them, and she's like, "Yeah, sure." And they she takes them to escape room building, the third floor where the escape room started out and it doesn't look like it was a room that was incinerated by is like a giant convection oven. No, it looks like a bunch of hobos hang out in there and do hobo stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of like meth heads fucking in there. Yeah. It probably smells terrible. Yeah. And then, but there is like, and then where the painting was and the duct work, the, the words no way out are painted across the top above it. And she realizes that no way out is a anagram of wound tan you, which was the name of the doctor that was used in the escape room. But I just thought that sounded so much like Wu Tang you that I'd like to call it Dr. Wu Tang university. Fair. Yeah. So, sorry if I uh, confused all of you on that. And then we uh, we cut to six months later. Well, and the, so the police are like, um, this doesn't fit anything like what you said. And she's like, well, wait until the guy wakes up and tells you the same thing. He's like, we found like three kinds of drugs in that dude. Um, I don't think we're going to trust anything he says. And she's like, well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... The cops just fuck off. Yeah. And then it's six months later. Yep. Uh, Smokey Smokey has a a job. Yep. As a rep for some kind of vegan house cleaning service. I don't fucking remember what he said. It was vegan something. I thought it was dog food, but I can't fucking remember. Oh, yes. It was vegan dog food. Which, uh, if people have not heard you should not give your dogs an a no grain diet because apparently that can lead to cardiomyopathy you should have some grain in your dog's diet so i don't know about a no meat diet though for your dog yeah so and they're uh they're catching up yep and they're on they're they're next to the river in chicago like a little cafe that's on the river in chicago yeah Somewhere near, um, God, the upper Wabash. And, uh, Lost in Space is like, yo, check this out. Here's my fucking binder full of fucking resolution to the plot. Yeah. And basically, everybody who died in the escape room was found somewhere else, dying in a way that seemed to fit the way they died in the escape room. Yeah. Like 
Baby Jessica, like, Bell Mountain Climbing. And that's the only one I remember. Yeah, yeah. There's another one I don't recall. Unimportant. Yeah. yeah. And she figures out that the logo to the place is actually coordinates. Seems like an oversight on their part, but... Well, they're looking for the best... Maybe they're looking for the best of the best to keep going. Like, Because, you know, like it's like the... The chumps bet on the uh, the escape room people. The bigger, the high rollers, the whales. They bet on the people who escape the escape rooms and end up in a new escape room. And uh, they decide that they're going to catch a flight to, to New York City. New York City. Get a rope. And they're going to. I don't know. Apparently just roll up into this place and demand answers. They're going to confront them. That seems like a totally reasonable thing to do, considering they made a giant building disappear in the span of like six hours. Yeah. And then, uh, then they cut to a plane where apparently there's like an escape room happening on the plane as the plane is crashing into a mountain. Yeah. And did you get the clue right away about the uh, I fly without wings and I cry without eyes? No. Oh, okay. Cloud popped instantly in my head for that one, um, which was the correct answer. It was. Um, yeah. And But it turns out that was just a simulation to see if someone could figure out the clues in time to actually survive. Yeah. And then they, you could see them pull up the tickets for Smokey and Lost in Space to Brook to New York City, and presumably they're going to put them on the escape room plane. Yeah, but there was only a four percent chance of survival. But it's not fair if they don't have a chance. That's right. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. That, to that be contoured. Yes, that is in fact the end of the movie. So, Chris, what did you think of the movie? It's um, it's it's a fine. It's okay. I mean, it's no, it's no great shakes. The set design was pretty cool. I think that was my favorite part of the movie was the actual spaces they were in were neat. Yeah. the The upside down billiard hall was pretty cool. There were some fun shots of them like inverting the camera, so oh, everybody yeah, was yeah. upside down and right side up. Yeah, we didn't get into that, but yeah, like there's the shot where they flip the camera so the room is right side up and Jessica is upside down is super disorienting. Yeah. Like it, it is way more disorienting to have the room right side up and the people upside down than the people right side up and the room upside down. I don't know why that is, but that's the way my brain works. And they, I mean, it's, it's engaging enough that. It does what a movie like this needs to do, and it can trigger that like suspension of disbelief. Because if you if this movie can't get you to buy in immediately when it starts, you're gonna spend the entire movie like in the other escape room movie we did, where you're just like, "This yeah. is dumb." Here's a series of reasons why this is dumb. <laughs> so I mean, they did what they needed to do, and that was make it engaging enough that you're not paying attention i think it's really it's interesting to see what the the next space is like so you kind of are wanting to see what that is if nothing else so that's pushing you 
I mean, yeah. it, it, uh, it's a five. It doesn't do anything amazing. It's practically zero gore in this entire movie. Yeah. I mean, like it's the, the dude reaching into his leg to pull out his bone to stab the guy is the most hardcore thing in the movie by far. Yeah. But it's 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 kind of fun. I'm a sucker for the 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 conceit. I like the kind of mystery what's going to happen next vibe. It, it it has a kind of like a kind of a saw energy to it. Or you want to see him figure out how to get out of the traps or whatever. But not with like the uh the super weird violence that the later saw movies have for no particular reason. I mean, this is this is would be a good like hanging out have a couple beers on a fucking Friday night with nothing better to do thing to throw on while you're just chilling. It's not the best. It is it is competent enough. I don't I don't know. It's fine. Hard to recommend but hard to not recommend. Like it's doesn't do anything amazing, but it's also not a fucking train wreck you should avoid. I say, I don't know, you're you're probably a grown up if you're listening to this. Make your own choices. I'm not here to tell you what to do. What do you say, Troy? Um, so in addition to what you said, I think one of the things they do right is they make most of the characters likable. Like Jessica, Lost in Space, and Smokey are all pretty likable or at least relatable. Smokey is relatable more than likable. Um, Investment Baker's shitty. But they kind of, it's more of like, it's more like Friday, uh, it's more Nightmare on Elm Street kids than like Friday the 13th kids, like the last Escape Room movie we watched were. Yeah. Like, like they were all shitty. You're kind of like, well, how am I going to watch them die? Kind of excited. You know, like the fun part of that one was watching the shitty people get killed because you hate the shitty people. With this one, you're kind of rooting for the people in the escape room, which makes, I think, for a better movie. And um, I will say, like, most of the escape room stuff makes sense. Nothing is too, like, off the wall or, like, how the fuck do they pull that out of their ass? Like most of it, I can either figure out or figure out a better way for <clears throat> like, you know, the couches, like throwing it, just putting six glasses on the table and then putting a couch on top of them to push down the coasters. <clears throat> so at least like everything, like there were no cheats on the, the escape room portion of things, which I thought was good. And I granted, I don't think I would ever would have figured out that one, the last room, the, the Victorian Explorer Society Club room, and the speed that Smokey did, but he also had kind of was in that mindset. He was in that flow from being in previous rooms. I feel like, yeah, he was in the so, zone. Yeah, he was. So like, I could, I can give him that. I'm not gonna like freak. I'm not gonna get pissed off about that. Um, so like I said, at least it's there were fair puzzles. There were likable characters, which made for a, a decent movie. Like again, like the gore, there, like there was almost no gore except for at the end. Um, some of the puzzles were easier than they needed to be. I felt like, um, I don't know, it was okay. It, I enjoyed it well enough. 
like I'm not going to be upset if someone says, "Hey, you want I want to watch seen this escape room movie. You want to watch it with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. It was it was enjoyable enough. I would watch it again if someone wanted to watch it." So, yeah, it's okay. I mean, if you like escape rooms, I think it's would be a fun movie to watch. But like, I'm not going to be like, everyone must see this movie. It is the best movie I have ever seen. It's not that. It's okay. Yeah, this is not oh, going to end up on any list of horror movies you need to see before you die. That's for goddamn sure. No, nah, but it would end up on a list of horror movies that are not going to waste your time. Yeah, horror movies that are about 90 minutes that are okay. Yep. <laughs> so, Chris, what are we watching next week? Well, we're going to follow it up with Escape Room tournament of champions yes that's also suggested to us by mr green which is the direct sequel to escape room yeah and if you'd seen the trailer for those you would have known that somehow lost in space survived i mean she was on the poster but implies final girl i guess but yeah, like I definitely like I was like, I know she's in the next movie, so she doesn't die, but she looked like she died, so she doesn't actually die. And then I also remember not seeing Jessica in the in the trailer for the second one. So I was like, she probably dies. Yeah. Or I, Karen Page, if you prefer her from Daredevil. So um, we'll we'll see how the story ends or possibly sets up for an additional film. Who knows? Ooh. So what if other people want to uh, recommend films based on current trend? How would they do that? Well, they could email us at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. They could tweet us at slaughterprince, which is slaughterprincess with no vowels in princess. They could message us, uh, or they could go to our uh, subreddit, r slash podcast. They could hook up with us on Facebook. I'm sorry. They could contact us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where we are slaughterhouse princess. And, uh, cause all three of us are happily married and, uh, they could also go to our discord server and go to the hashtag movie requests channel there, which is at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. Uh, and if they want to just listen to us in any way, other than what the form that they currently are, they could go to any podcast aggregator ever and find us there uh they could go to they could what does brett say or hotline to say bark at their alexis yes to make it play slaughterhouse Prince, or you know you just tell your echo play slaughterhouse princess podcast and it'll probably do so through intune um and then or you could probably contact tell say hey google play slaughterhouse princess podcast i'm sure google's figured out how to play our podcast as well uh, otherwise you could go to like, I don't know, iHeartRadio, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you want to support us financially, you could go to store.sarachprincess.com or patreon.sarachprincess.com. Yeah. Thank you to the patrons. Yes. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And, um, as you've noticed, we've had some attendance issues, which has made our special project difficult to complete but we say the are, very least we are still working on it um we have not forgotten your patrons we would like to give you a little something special and we are working on it and i apologize for the delay so come back next time for escape room terminant of champions 
And while our podcasts think about movies, we'll drink about movies and wonder if Hotlanta watches this movie next movie and wonders what the hell's going on. Bye. If I just didn't like me rubbing his throat.